Today on our podcast, on behalf of Maddie's Footprints, we have special guest, Brandon. Um, Our previous podcast has focused on bereaved mothers, so we felt it was important to share a father's grief. We are hoping that this allows other bereaved fathers to possibly gain some insight on loss. We feel honored to have Brandon join us today and hear his side of how he has handled his grief. Brandon, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me. This is um, this is a great honor. Thank you so much. So we're going to begin by first hearing your story, Brandon. If you kind of want to just kind of introduce yourself um, and then kind of just share your story with everyone. Yeah. So, um, uh, man, so my wife and I, we've been married uh, since 2008. So we're, uh, this year will be about 14 years we've been married. And, um, and we went um, about, I don't know, something... Let's say Santa will be eight this year, and if you like the like next week, so we've been we went to what uh, about six years before we had kids at all, and um, and as soon as my wife stopped taking birth control, like I mean we got pregnant right away, and uh, we had um, not a hiccup with uh, with Salem, not a hiccup with Daclan, like everything went off pretty simple, pretty easy. We got pregnant like back to back, you know, like, like the kids are, uh, their two oldest are 15 months apart and, uh, and everything was going good. And then, you know, and Jenny want to take a break for a little bit. So we, uh, so like, we kind of think got back on birth control for, for a little bit. Then she got off of it, you know, cause she didn't like it, you know, how it better feel and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know how it is. And then, uh, then we got pregnant, uh, with, uh, with Cohen and, uh, and this was uh, in uh, 20, um, I think it was 2016, uh, 2017, somewhere um, when we got pregnant with Cohen. And um, it's such a whirlwind kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was 20, uh, 2016, yeah. At, uh, no, it was 2017. That's right. Cause I have to f- get the dates right. There's so much happened. Our house flooded in 16 and then her dad passed away. And then we lost, we lost, uh, Cohen right after that. So, yeah. Um, so, wow, so definitely a pretty traumatic time. Yeah. Well, that year, it was a rough year. It was a really, really rough year at, uh, um, and so, you know, so we, uh, like I said, in 16, our house flooded, uh, with the big flood of, of 16, uh, we were in the, we were the first wave of people to flood cause we were in Zachary, we we're in North Baton Rouge, um, the North part of, of, of East Baton Rouge parish. And, uh, and we were the first ones to get water. Then it just kind of went South and, you know, and East and, uh, and everybody else. So, um, and then her father, uh, basically got Louis body dementia. And, um, a few months after we finally got back in the house, um, he died and then we ended up naming Cohen, Cohen Lewis after, after her dad. And so Cohen was supposed to be, you know, who was hoping to be this, this, you know, awesome kind of thing, you know, um, to kind of keep his legacy moving on, you know, cause she, we, you know, we were naming him after her dad. And so we get pregnant and everything's fine. Everything's great. You know, we're going through it. No ifs, ands or buts about it. Like just normal stuff. You know, we've, we've you done, had two healthy previous pregnancies. So, yeah. right. 
no issues or nothing. And we didn't have any issues with Cohen. Everything was great. Everything was fine. We were just going along. Uh, we got to 20 weeks. We got to those like 19 day, 19 weeks and like six days. That's where we were at. And Jenny got up in the morning and she, she said that um, she noticed like a little extra discharge, little, little, she just, something wasn't quite right, but she just kind of, she's like, I'm, you know, like most mothers at that time, you know, that, that, that middle mark, you know, it's like, you know, she was like, I'm just oh, being, being weird, you know, I'm being overly, you know, cautious or whatever. And um, so she didn't think about it, but then as the day went on and she just kept like having Braxton Hicks and she was like, what she thought were Braxton Hicks. Um, and she just like, this is getting kind of weird and strange. And so we happened to like, I, I was, that was my first year teaching and I actually worked uh, about five, six blocks down the road from her. Um, she works for the, she worked for the state in uh, downtown Baton Rouge and my school was in downtown Baton Rouge. So she called me um, and she left a little early and she's like, um, something's wrong. I need you to downstairs now. And I was like, okay. So I, um, I got in touch with my supervisor and I said, um, was, I still have like one more class to go. And I'm like, I need you guys to cover class. And I, something's going on with my wife. I don't know what's going on. And they're like, okay, get out of here. So I run downstairs and, uh, and she was like, you know, downtown traffic was backed up. So I take off kind of jogging down the street because I kind of knew where she was at. She called me, told me where she was. And as soon as I saw her, I could see in her eyes that like something's terribly wrong because like she was kind of holding together till she saw me and she just broke down. And uh, and she's like, you got to drive. And so she just like jumped out of the car, ran around to the passenger seat. I got in the car. I got in the driver's seat. And and she, and she was like, I was like, what's what's going on? And she's like, I don't know something's wrong, but we got to go to the hospital right now. So I was like, okay. And I, of course, I'm you know, being a dad. I'm thinking like, you're just being over dramatic. Let's calm down. I'm sure it's fine. We haven't any problems before. Everything's okay. And I'm actually kind of like, kind of just kind of just telling her like, you know, I'm actually kind of just kind of tossing it aside and be like, it's not that big of a deal. I promise you, you're okay. You know, and just trying to reassure her that everything was okay. Yeah. And, but, you know, I'm also kind of being flippant because I'm just thinking like, oh, you're just, worry work you know this just chill out like you know and uh and i wasn't as um i could have been a lot more if i knew what was actually going on i definitely would have been a lot a lot more uh courteous to what was going on but i was like if you need to go to hospital just go because you know i was like you're not gonna settle you know of course i'm, right. I'm glad we did uh so we get to the hospital and i'm and i'll never forget this I'm, i was just sitting on my cell phone playing playing some stupid game on my um like one of those just you know mind bending kind of deadhead kind of games just just kind of you get lost and i was waiting and the doctor came in and uh and she goes uh you're um you're in labor you're nine centimeters dilated and uh and i just stopped and i looked up and i was like wait what and uh and so you know at 20 weeks i mean i don't know at that point i'm like i'm not i don't know you know um like what it kid is this kid viable like right. you know because so much so much has changed you know like over the last 15 20 years where kids you know earlier and earlier have gotten to where they can they can survive you know so i'm like and, and they're like your, your baby doesn't have eyeballs yet and doesn't have lungs and doesn't like if you give birth to this child like they're not gonna make it you know this this isn't gonna be good you know and uh and all of a sudden, I'm like, I just remember like being on my phone before that moment and just being like, 
why wasn't I present? And Jenny's kind of like, you know, she was stressing and stuff. And I was just kind of like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I, so, I felt, you know, I, that's something that's bothered me for a long time. Like, you know, after that, like not anymore really, but like, you know, cause I kind of dealt with it, you know, it just, it just was what it was, but it was one of those things that like, it haunted me for a little while, you know, like I, you know, I really felt like a really horrible husband and I, you know, at that moment. And, uh, but I'm sure you've learned, you know, through the years that, you know, it's, it was just something that you didn't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't let it bother me anymore, you know, but it, but it did for, for about two years, it really kind of just weighed on me a little bit and, and, uh, and, and such. And, and Jenny, and I talked about it and she's like, she's like, no, I, you know, I don't, you know, she never blamed me or done anything about it. Like, you know, um, so, but I just, that's always something that, I, that still to this day just like sticks out to me in that moment. I think back to it. And so, uh, so they bring in an ultrasound, do an ultrasound and, He's, he's alive. He's fine. He's kicking around in there. He's moving. He's just having a good time. And we end up having like two more ultrasounds done that night. And they gave her a bunch of drugs and they were trying to stop the thing. And they were, what they wanted to do us. They said, if we can stop it and get, get your cervix to come back, we can do a saclage and just basically try to seal you up, you know? Right. And, um, and uh but uh but nothing worked i mean the the like she just progressed and what's crazy is that with the first two we uh we had to like we were in labor for uh when when jenny was in labor obviously uh for um like 30 some odd hours for each of them and she never progressed past like eight centimeters uh dilated and we had to have c-sections on both we were trying to do natural labor for both of them but she she never progressed and so here we are in this one and she didn't like tell us nine we're just like holy hell, what the freak just happened? You know, like yeah, a totally, is, totally different experience. Yeah. And so, you know, we went through, um, that was about like six o'clock in the evening or so. And about four or five o'clock the next morning, like it finally, you know, nothing worked and we gave birth to him. And even like 30 minutes before Cohen came out, like we took one last ultrasound and he was still kicking around and, doing well and he was alive and it was um it was uh one of those things that was just like i mean i was praying like crazy oh my god if you like you know you will be done this you know like you know but you know is there anything you can do here like i'll you know come on you know like this is the time you know and um and so uh you know then it was about 30 minutes after that like you know, um, we gave birth and, uh, and he had passed in the process. So, uh, you know, some people like you wish he was alive and I'm like, God, no, you know, I'm glad he was gone. You know, cause I mean, I don't want to watch that, you know, right. <laughs> I don't want to see that, you know, yeah. this, this is already the most horrible thing ever. Then you want me to watch him struggle to try to, to try to live. And I was like, God, no, please, please no. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for that grace, you know? Um, and so, um, he, uh, um, I held him for three hours and, uh, and I, uh, I couldn't put him down and, right. um, and it was the strangest thing because Jenny couldn't touch him. It was like, she, and, uh, and I just held him and kissed him and, and, um, and they kept coming to try and take him. I'm like, get out, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, um. And, and, and that was, that was your special time with him for sure. Yeah, yeah totally. 
Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we took pictures of him and, and, uh, and everything. And then, um, my pastor at the time, he, um, he had come up to that night and sat with us and he did, he was a carpenter and he did woodworking. So we, um, he came and got me a couple of days later and we went out and, uh, drove all over South Louisiana looking for a piece of mahogany. And, uh, to, cause I was like, I just want to build him a box. Um, because, you know, we, we, you know, we had a cremated, cremated, we had a little service in the backyard with family and, and, and close friends. And, and, um, and so he, he, um, so he and I spent a whole day together and, and then uh, we were supposed to get the piece of wood and build it together. But then like we spent the whole day trying to find the wood and it was just kind of crazy. Um, and so uh, we weren't able to build it, but he built, built this nice, beautiful mahogany box. And we, um, and, um, and we have Cohen and his stuff in there. Um, and, uh, and we had a really beautiful ceremony in the backyard and, um, but it was like, that was one of the hardest things to have to deal with, you know, was, was, um, was that, you know, um, and then what really sucked was we, uh, we had that whole crazy year and, um, and then Cohen was gone and then one of my, uh, really good friends, um, had got, had gotten cancer, cancer in that process. And so, um, he, um, he was believing for a miracle and the guy was going to heal him and everything else. And, um, and our relationship, his relationship with everybody changed when this, when, the, when he got there. So it's because I was watching with people and it was just like, it wasn't the same. And so then like when I lost Cohen, um, I went and saw him and, all of a sudden, like he and I were reconnected because he knew I was going through something and he was going through something because his cancer took a turn for the worse. And he, when that moment, he literally had weeks to live and, um, and he was a minister and he was my boss when I was in school and ministry. And, um, and we had, you know, he, we had been real close for several years working really closely together and I worked and I, you know, worked, supported him. And, and, um, I was a kid's intern. He was the kid's pastor and we did a lot of stuff together. And, uh, and here he was like knowing that he was, his kids were going to lose him, but he was going to lose his kids, you know, like that right. was something that was on his heart, you know, that when he died, like they weren't going to be together anymore. And, um, and I was sitting there, like, I had this like burning thing in my heart to, to ask him, but like, he was really believing for a miracle and I couldn't bring my, myself to ask him. And, um, and he sit there and said, after a few minutes, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes hanging out, he just out of the blue just came out and said, Hey man, if I don't make it, if this doesn't work out and God takes me, he goes, I'll find your boy and I'll tell him how much you love him and I'll give him a hug for you. And that's exactly, that was in my heart was I wanted to ask him that if you would, you know? And, um, and it was just really, really cool moment to let me know that God was letting me know that he had me, you know? Um, and so, uh, and sure enough, like a few weeks later, Steve passed. And, uh, and so like I said, it was a really, really, really hard year, <laughs> um, to say the a least. lot of, a lot of different emotions for sure for yeah. you. Yeah. And so, um, so we get through that and then in December we find out we were pregnant again, uh, with Austin and, um, and this time it was, it was a little, you know, a little different, you know? Um, we were a little nervous and everything else, but everything was going fine. Everything was good. 
and um and Judy's in her you know her thing and they're making plans and you know they're like hey we're gonna do this collage and all this kind of stuff when it comes time and so we're just like wanting to make sure there was no problems and then we got to um the 15th week checkup you know and Jenny goes in and um and um she uh, she calls me a few hours later and uh or about an hour two hours later and she says you need to come downstairs and uh because i'm again i'm working i'm teaching and uh and this is about like one o'clock of june so like i still have a couple hours of school left and i go to my boss and i said my wife had her checkup today with her um new baby and she's downstairs something's wrong i gotta go and so she's like She's like, oh, dear God. And I was like, yeah. So I just go downstairs and I get in the car and she just starts weeping. She says, there's no heartbeat. And oh, uh, and so within, I don't know, five months, we, uh, we lost two boys. And um, but you know, we both just sat there and cried. Like we just sat there and cried and cried and cried at uh and um and so we uh we went um we came home and um i took i took that next week off like with to be with her, and we sat there and um had to go into the hospital like we had to sit there for like two days two or three days i think before they could see us and they had and but they had to induce. So we had to give birth to him as well. Um, he was not really, I held him for a few minutes, but he wasn't like, Cohen was like a baby. Like he was solid. He was hard. Like, I mean, you could sit there and, but Austin was kind of like this little bag of jelly, you know, like he, you know, he had all his parts. He was out there and you could tell he was a boy and all this, but like, he just wasn't solid yet. So, um, so we kind of just like, kind of like took a few pictures and we had stuff and and then we um we didn't really have a ceremony we just basically placed everything in the box with his brother and um and we have it you know we had we had it beside our bed for about a year and a half and then we kind of we put it away now um and just have it you know in a safe place um but yeah that was our um that was a really rough that's about 18 months. We had, we, we suffered a lot of loss and a lot of trauma and it was a really rough, um, kind of thing. So. For sure. For sure. What would you say was the most difficult for you as a grieving father? You know, you kind of mentioned a little bit of guilt. Um, what, what would you say was the most difficult for you was it watching watching your wife go through it um what would you say was the hardest part of all of it I think the hardest part was dealing with my anger I was um I was just really pissed off I didn't blame God I've I've I grew up in a really rough situation um really abusive home with my father and and um and everything else and like I was scared to be a dad for a long time because my father like married my mom and and she had a um she had a daughter from her first marriage and ready made family and he was a perfect dad to my to my sister 
at all. And then when my mom got married, I mean, when my mom got pregnant, um, he just turned it, this flip switch, this switch flipped, and I should say, and he just became abusive to my mom and he tried to abort me. And then seven years later, you know, he kind of did the same thing to my brother and, and, uh, and like, he just didn't want to be a dad, you know? And so here I am, I want to be a dad. And I was scared for a long time. So we, we waited a while. Cause I was just like, I don't want that thing to go off in me. You know, like, that's like laying dormant and stuff, you know, right. I was just kind of scared of that. So then all of a sudden I become a dad and I'm like, now oh, this is amazing. This is awesome. I love being a dad. This is like the best job ever. Like I love, love my kids. I mean, right before you called, I was in that, like, I got home a little late tonight from school from teaching. I'm a teacher and, and, uh, and my, my uh, daughter, my, my baby girl, she came in, she's like, let's get in your bed. And they all just came in here and like doll pop me. And we like wrestle around and like kissing and hugging and tickling and all this stuff. It was, and it's great, you know? And so after kind of walking through all that and like falling in love with being a dad and I want to be a dad forever to prove I for the wrong reasons. I wanted to prove I wasn't my dad. And then I like kind of got over that and just a dad, you know? Um, and here I was like, I like, you wanted you know, something taken from you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, and I don't want to say raw because of the, somebody robbed me. Like, was it when people want to blame God? I don't blame God for anything. Like I grew up in the same, of just that I like, I know the evil's real within my house and I had nothing to do with God, you know? Uh, but like somebody was like, I got, I got robbed a time, you know, and it's not God's fault. It's just, it's what it is, you know? And so, um, it's, I was just pissed off. I was angry. I was just livid and I wasn't mad at Jenny cause she, she didn't do anything wrong at all. And then, um, like, um, and so like I come home and I would just scream scream at her scream at the kids just scream and finally like her and i've always just been really good communicators we've always communicate well we 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 share things with one another like we we we're we're, we're very open about stuff we don't we don't hold on to things we always say i'm sorry we always say i forgive you like if someone says i'm sorry the other one has to say i forgive you like it's it's not like it's that whole thing people say it's okay it's not okay i wronged you you wronged me you know like let's forgive, you know? And so we've always been able to communicate. So like, like Jenny goes, we need to go to counseling. And I'm like, and that was kind of open and things like counseling. Like how I've always seen it. It's like, there's nothing wrong with counseling. Go get counseling if you need counseling. But I've always seen counseling for people that like couldn't communicate and we can, and we can communicate, you know, like we always been able to communicate. But that was the the eye opening for me. It's like, okay, I'm taking this anger that I have and it's coming out of my family. I never want that because that's what I grew up with. You know, and I, I was like, I never want that. So I'm, I'm falling into something that I don't ever want to be at all. And so immediately I apologized. I said, I'm sorry, forgive me. And of course she forgave me and we hugged and we kissed and she's sitting there crying. And, and I'm like, babe, like we don't like, we're just going through the most horrible thing we could ever go through. But you and I, we are good. I'm just not good. Right? I said, I'm just not good. But you and I, we are solid. And, right. I, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I made you feel anything less than that. And, uh, 
and we're crying and we're going. And so, of course, ever since then, we've been good. But I made a point. I said, I can't take this out of my family at all. And so my you brother. Know, and how amazing, you know, of you to to realize it and to know that that's not how you wanted things to be. Yeah. And acknowledging it. And, you know, sometimes that's difficult for us to acknowledge, yeah. you know, what we're feeling in, you know, on the grief journey, for sure. Especially men. I mean, men, we really have a hard time with that, you know. Uh, but it's like, you know, I just had a had to have a bigger picture, you know. Like, I said, like, this can't be all it is. I mean, I've seen, I've had friends, you know, the family friends that were kids that, like, when, when I was, when I was like, in high school, that, like, the neighbor that like their daughter got cancer and she died, you know, and that just shredded the family, you know, just shredded the family. And it was just like, you know, so I've seen that and I'm like, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. You know, like we've been. Right. So Brandon, that kind of goes into my next, you know, kind of my next question I was going to ask. So like, how would, what would you suggest um, to other grieving fathers who are kind of feeling that anger, you know, what, any kind of helpful tips you can provide? Well, I've, I've talked to a few guys about this and sometimes it's just knowing that someone's there is, is just enough. Um, and, uh, but I've talked to a few guys that I've been dealing with and I said, listen, I said, do not like, do not take this out on your wife, right? Whatever you're feeling, don't bring her into that. She does. She, she's done her own stuff. <laughs> you know, she's doing her own stuff and you and, and you guys like you guys need to talk about what you're feeling and be in like there's time like because there was times where Jenny like she she just needed to fall apart and I needed to hold her. Right. And I would just grab her and hold her and let her cry. And there was times I needed to fall apart and she just held me, you know, but the anger because every guy I've talked to, they all it's we all do, like it's just a common thing that the guys get mad, you know, and um Cause I've asked, I've asked several women cause the men won't really want to talk about it. I've asked the wives, I'm like, is he, is he angry? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, that's normal. Don't let it affect you personally. Right. And for the guys, I'd say, you need to, like, I, I tell guys, I'm like, call me when you get pissed, call me, cuss me out, scream at me, get whatever's in your heart right now, get it out and throw it on me. I can handle it. I was in the Marine Corps. I don't bother me. Right. Like I need, need that. I call him. I would do that to my brother. I call my brother and I would just say, dude, I just got to get something down. He's like, go for it. And I would just scream, you know, at him, you know, and he was good with it, you know? And so like, I'm totally like fine with that kind of thing. And sometimes guys, you do that, like take a boxing class and go beat up on a bag, you know, go just go buy a freaking boxing, like just to stand up, you know, go spend a hundred bucks and get you a, get you a heavy bag. You know, and just go go wail on it and scream at it. You know, um, do whatever you got to do to get out of you. Just don't do it on your kids and don't do it on your wife. You know, it is gonna come out. You know, I mean, I I taught. You know, and and I like I told a few of my teachers the first few weeks. I said, if you hear me going off on these kids, just come save them, because like, like, because I you know I deal with some kids that are kind of rough and they don't freaking care and. Uh, and I, I lost them a few kids that that were very adamant they didn't care. And uh, what I was trying to explain to them, well, I know what's going on with you. I want you. I'm like, then shut the hell up. You know, like, like if you know what's going on with me, why the freak are you talking? <laughs> you know, like right. I was like, I have no patience with you. 
right now. Like, sit down, shut your mouth. And then, and then I would stop and I'd apologize. And then a couple other kids would go, it's all right, Miss Creighton. She was wrong. You know, like, and they would look at her and like, you were wrong. Shut up. You know, like the same time, you know, a place because it was, you know, it's, you know, they're 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 you know high school kids. They're like you know, fourteen, fifteen years old. They're they're little punks. You know, they're great. Right. I love them, but they're punks at times. You know, but in that moment, I was like, I got no grace for you. You know, uh, I need all the grace right now. I need you to shut up. <laughs> you know, like you know, um, and of course, at the end of the year, like we were all good and and fine and and. And, uh, but they kind of walked with me through that. Cause I was like, you know, the, they saw all that. I mean, I'm sitting there crying in class, you know, like, um, like they saw every bit of emotion you had. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, I had, I had nothing that there was no, that I was not in the mood to cover up, but I was feeling it. And I just was like, I got nothing to, to, to I can't hide this. You know, it's like, you know, you're just broken, you know? That's and right. so, so I just tell the guys like, like do get like we're physical we like to be physical go do something physical to get that out of you go run go 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 box go go you know do jujitsu go like you know go lift weights you know go just you know go get a go get a medicine ball and just throw around your backyard go get a, a sledgehammer tire you know like whatever you gotta do get it out of you and then go back inside and love your family you know uh, find a friend that you can scream at to tell them, just tell them and be honest about it. I need to, I need to scream at somebody right now because I got this thing in my heart. That's just not good. Can you just let me scream at you and just, and still love me? Right. You got every, all of us got, got one or two bros that are, that are like that. Right. We can do that with just go there and do that. Go to a, go out in the field and just scream, curse, do whatever you gotta do. But you gotta get it out of it. You know, and like, and then ask God for forgiveness after, like, it's fine. Like, God doesn't care. <laughs> you know, like, because it's so true. Yeah, he, he, you know, he knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're feeling, you know, and he'll sit there. Just don't curse him. You know, don't be, you know, you know, but that's, uh, that's, that's, that would be my advice, you know. And then um, the really great thing that uh, our best, the best advice I can give guys though, is that like, we got pregnant again about two years after all that went down. Um, about two years ago now, those are seventeen. We had so yeah, so yeah, so Lisa will be just two now, and um, and this is the one thing I tell all everybody that like once they've gone through loss and they're they're and now they're having a second kid uh, or the next kid, you know, whatever kid it is, right after loss, um, right. I, I tell them I said enjoy it. We didn't enjoy we didn't enjoy Austin. We were worried. And then um and then we definitely did not enjoy Liesel's pregnancy. Um we were we were we we had milestones and so it was like fifteen weeks. Okay, we got to fifteen. All right. Now can we get through the saclage and have no no issues? Right. Because I mean there's there's a little bit of having a saclage done can you know, can cause preterm labor and other things. Yeah, like it can cause problems. So you have to kind of get through that. Can we get through that? Everything okay? Okay, we got through that. Can we get to 20 weeks? All right, we got to 20. All right, can we get to can we get to 24? 24, the baby's viable. There'll be problems, but they'll live. All right, we got to 24. Can we get to 30? Right? Okay, now can we get to 35? All right, now we're in the window. Okay, now we're baby comes out, we're gonna be healthy, they'll be they'll be a little small, but they'll be good, right? And and uh and so it's like Every, it's just high stress the entire time. That's not good for the baby. And I'll, but it's not good for us. 
you know, and then everything that we like enjoyed about our first two pregnancies with Salem and Declan, like we did not have that with Liesl. It just, it was like, I don't, re- the, you know, the whole thing about we tickle the belly and they, they roll around and you feel the first kicks and all that. So we had that, but we don't remember it. Like all we remember is the worry at all. And so I can't stress this enough because even I've lost two. Even if you're gonna lose it, like if that were to happen, it's still worth going through. Like my sons are still real and they should be in like enjoy the journey because if that is the only part of their life that you get to be a part of, you'd hate looking back that you did not enjoy it. Wow. That's definitely some powerful advice there, Brandon, for sure. So, so yeah, so, um, so that's, that's the thing. That's the biggest piece of advice I could give people is, don't take your anger out of your family and enjoy every moment because you don't know what moments you're going to have. That's right. Um, and so, um, um, so one last little thing with the, our journey. And again, this is kind of dealing with a little bit of guilt that I've dealt with, but like, um, we found out, you know, like with Cohen, now, like again, it was like three years from Cohen to 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 Liesl. Um, but something happened after Liesl with Liesl, during Liesl's pregnancy where they were like some lady, some one of the, the techs or something. We were at some appointment and they mentioned something. They said something. We're like, what? And they're like, yeah, you had like this bacterial. You had this infection in your uterus. And we're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you didn't know. And like, what are you talking about? So we had forgotten that we had sent off the placenta to be tested with, with, uh, with, uh, Cohen to try to figure out what had happened. Like why we just went to labor just randomly. And what they, um, what they found out, but never told us for three years was that Judy had a, got some kind of bacterial infection in, in, in the uterus. And it basically rejected the, caused the baby, the, the, like, just caused labor to happen because there was this infection in there. The baby was fine. The baby wasn't infected, but there was something in the uterus and basically it was like, gotta go. And, um, and, um, we like, and this is stupid and I shouldn't ever feel bad about this, but every now and then it kind of hits me and I just, and I have to deal with it. But like, like a week before all that went down, like sometime that week when things went down, like I had had, uh, I was sick. I had been sick and we had had sex that, that, that during that time frame where I had like this little infection and it was this thing that like, it, it stuck with me for a little while when I found that out. Now I'm not, I don't deal with it anymore, but Jenny and Jenny's like, it's not your fault. And I'm like, it kind of feels like it's my fault, you know? And, uh, and so things like that will pop up sometimes. And I'm just like, like, okay, I can't dwell on that. Right. Cause it's like, is what it is. And so I don't know what people situations are and what they're going through. And I'm being really personal here. I'm sorry, but, uh, but, yeah. Um, is that like, you don't know the circum, everybody's circumstances are different. 
and there's always uh there's always something for you to sit there and blame yourself for but it that doesn't help anything you know um it just makes you a worse father and a worse parent or and a, a well if, if just women are listening you know makes you a worse parent and it makes you a worse you know uh spouse because you just fall into self-loathing you know and self-hate and that leads to bitterness and and then you're just not good for anybody but like your family needs you you know your your husband or wife needs you your, your kids need you your your parents need you you know your siblings need you and too many times people get caught up in that guilt and that we have we have friends that that are walking through this we see this and there's nothing that we can do for them because it's they've just accepted this lie you know and uh, and i'm just saying it's try to come on me and i'm like no i'm just not going to accept that like i'm not going to do that at all but like we i can't i can't help somebody that's in that only like god and them can do that you know you have to just wake up and go it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it to even dwell on that. Like it, like this thing happened and, and we just got to get through it, you know, and Absolutely. see who we can help, you know, like who can you help with your story? You know, because, you know, we ain't promised the perfect life and everybody's promised death. That's about it, right? Death and taxes. So it's like, you know, we just don't know when that number is going to be called. And sometimes the number's called before we take a breath. And sometimes we live to be a hundred, right. And, and somewhere in the middle, we fall, you know, everybody else falls. And so it's like, we're going to hit that some point. And so it's like, you know, and everybody's going to go through it and you're going to lose people and you're going to suffer. The question is, do you suffer well? Right. Do you suffer well? Like, because we all are guaranteed to suffer. Like every single person, race, creed, religion, you know, whatever demographic you're in, right? The thing that is true to all humanity is that we all suffer. And so, like, what sets the men apart from the boys is do you suffer well? And do you help people with that, right? right. Do, you, do you let that define you or do you overcome it, right? And become stronger because of it, you know? It sucks. It hurts. It's awful, but it is what it is. And it's an opportunity for you to become a better man, a better human being at all. Because when people suffer, someone's watching. When you suffer, someone's watching and they're learning from you. They're either learning how to be a better person or be a worse person, but they're going to learn it. They're going to see it. And they're going to pick it up. So you have a choice. We all have a choice to sit there and be better, you know, um, and to give a good example at all. And so that's kind of like what I take away from this is like, I want to just be a better human being. Right. And I can let my boys teach me that, you know, and I think that's one of the things that they have taught me is how to be a better human being. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, listen, I want to take the time to really thank you so much. Um, you really shared your story, gave great advice, and I know that there are other grieving fathers out there. And I really hope that, you know, this podcast brings awareness and just allows 
you know, and allows others to know that you have overcame this and um, the great advice that you have given, I have no doubt will help others who will listen in on this podcast. So thanks so much for taking time out of your busy busy life um, (laughs) to agree to be on our Maddie's Footprints podcast. And I also want to take the time to thank you as well for graciously offering to be a mentor for our mentorship program um, that I know is going to benefit so, so many families um, in the area. So we appreciate, um, we really truly appreciate all that you do. Thank you so much. And, uh, and um, if anybody that's out there that's listening and like you need help, like, you know, you're struggling, like just reach out. That's what the mentorship program is for is for like to have somebody there that can just be that ear, you know, like, like get my number, call me, scream or holler at me, you know, do whatever you got to do, you know, share your pain at all. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, you know, I'm just going to love on you, you know, and be like, yep, dude, got it. Let's do this. Right. So uh, that's what the mentorship there is there for. So please take advantage of it and, uh, and don't suffer in silence. Right. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brandon. We appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. You have a great one. Thank you for that. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. 